In today's episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Charmaine Barrier. Charmaine is a certified coach who empowers women to embody healthy emotions, shift their mindset and connect with their soul power to live an abundant life with clarity, confidence and courage. And in today's episode, we're speaking to Charmaine to find out how you can use your life experience for empowerment. And if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my short training on three steps to becoming money magnet. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Girl Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing, the beautiful, the charming Sharmin Barrier. Welcome, Sharmin. Hello, good morning. I'm doing great. How are you, girl? I'm doing really well, well my darling. So, Sharmin, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. Please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Well, like I said earlier, I am a social worker who decided to leave my hospital job and now started my own private coaching business. I mostly work with uh, divorced women uh, who are now actually wanting to better their lives and want to recreate a life that they've always wanted to live. So I kind of help them kind of decide what's best for them. And we start uh, working together and trying to help her get from point A to point B, where she feels like she's living the life on her own terms, um, feeling liberated and more um, has more freedom and can live life on her own terms, no longer having to succumb to other people's expectation of what her life should look like. Wonderful. And today's topic is how to use your life experiences for empowerment. So how can we use what our previous experience and use it to fuel our empowerment? So what what do you mean by empowerment, Shami? Let's let's break this open. What do you mean by self-empowerment? So empowerment means uh, power from within. So the power that comes from our own wisdom, our own insight, our own intuition. I think that is what empowerment is. Um, and trying to focus not so much on the external factors from the outside world that kind of forces us to become a certain way, a certain woman, but rather looking inside of yourself and say, what is it that I want in my life? Who is it that I want to become? And then from that state of mind, take aligned actions to move forward in the direction of your dreams. Wonderful. So how do we use our self-experience? I mean, I, let's just do a quick recap on why you're such an expert on the topic. So talk us through what led you to teaching about empowerment first. Yeah, so for me... um, Empowerment was important to me because being a social worker, we were all about choice. We always felt like everyone has the right to their own self-determination and that, you know, people have to live their lives the way they want to live. So growing up and going through graduate school in social work, that was one of the main um, teachings that we had, that the client always has to have their own self-determination. And then that was ingrained in me too, that our lives matter. So what we do with our lives is important. 
And for me, the life experiences really to really feel I felt like I was empowered was when I had to make this very, very tough decision of having to decide whether I wanted to leave my abusive relationship uh, with my two kids and leave my husband. And that was the starting point of saying, looking within, like, am I happy? Am I really doing this for the right reasons? Um, am I going to be ostracized by my society and community? Um, am I taking the kids away from their father? All these different thoughts would keep coming, but then I would have to slow down and slow down and keep looking and checking inside my body to check what was it that was not working. And then once I started to realize that the reality of the situation was totally different than what I had envisioned my life to be. And every day I was going through a stressful day and night. I decided I didn't want to live like that. And I didn't want my kids to be subjugated to a life of abuse, where they saw me being abused by my husband. So it was time for me to step up and get out of the relationship with the support of my parents. So wow. that was a dividing moment. Acceptance was the hard part, like accepting that, yes, truly I am in a situation that is abusive. Once I put the word abuse towards the relationship, even though deep down I knew the relationship was unhealthy and abusive, I just kept making excuses. Oh, it's going to change. It's going to change. And then one year turned to nine and a half years and nothing changed. So it was like, I'm just like, my dad would say, you're living in hope and dying in despair. It was like, really, I need to make a change because this cannot go on. Otherwise, I'm just wasting my life and the purpose that I have in life. Agreed. I think this is one of the biggest things is um, before you can can sort of come come to a conclusion or, or find a solution you need to know what the problem is and understand there is a problem i think many people you know they when they are in abusive relationships they are unaware that they're in abusive relationships i know for a, i think with my first one because it's physically abusive it's more obvious because he's beating me up that this is abusive but it was the second one that which was worse that I did not even recognize I was in an abusive relationship. He was a, he's a textbook narcissist. And now that I'm away from it, it's just blows my mind how I blamed myself and thought I was in the wrong all the time and how I, you know, he was the victim and I was the, you know, perpetrator because he, he gaslighted me all the time. So, the, so forth. So it took years of healing and understanding when I look back at the picture and realize to the extent that I was abused, it was unbelievable. So, and and, I, and that woman had no idea she was. Like my cousin kept my, bless my cousin. I, I'm so blessed with some lovely people. This one particular cousin who knew everything about me, she said, she was telling me to leave in 2015. I, and I promise you, I thought she was wrong. It was my fault. And I was uh, causing harm by my temper and whatever else to this individual that's it so i think the first point is to understand that you are abused but i think i mean with this conversation we're having to people who've been through that and hopefully they're out they recognize and they're out there abusive relationship how can we take that abuse how can we take those experiences and use them to you know fuel our empowerment to become empowered this is the point of today's podcast Sharmin. walk us through how would we do that yeah I think even for me, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's just insidious. I mean, just the abuse sometimes can be so slow and subtle yeah. in subtle ways yeah. that we don't realize that we are being abused. It's a little here, a little there. It's chipping away your confidence. Yeah, it, it chips away at your confidence, your self-esteem. There were many days I thought, you know, this accomplished professional 
healthcare worker who's a graduate from school of social work with many degrees and all of those things. How can I find myself in a total situation like that? My very first paper in graduate school was about abuse to ladies, how, how to detect abuse and blah, blah, blah. And it was so hard to really recognize and accept, you know, like you said, being aware. Even though we were aware at a, at a some level, we chose not to look at it for whatever reason because mm-hmm. we nobody wants to be a failure, right? So the, it's so much ingrained. You have to be a great wife, a great daughter, a great this, great that. So all these coulds and shoulds and must that the society puts on us, I think makes us not want to do what we know we need to be doing. So mm-hmm. we give up on what we truly want. And I think the most important thing is becoming aware of the situation. And the only time you can really be aware is when you're away from this abusive situation or away from your perpetrator, even for a little bit, to really get the sense of what's happening. So once the insight comes, it's, 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 it's a not healthy situation. After awareness, you have to accept it. Hmm. You can be aware that abuse is going on every single day. But if you don't accept that this abuse is affecting me, it's hurting me, it's not good for me or my children, you cannot take any action because you're just in denial still. You're aware, but still somewhat in denial. It's only when you accept to yourself that this is really happening and I can't shake it off anymore. That's when you will have the courage to take an aligned action. Like, what is it that I truly want? Mm-hmm. And then once you have a purpose, once you've aligned, like I need to leave because of my kids' safety or I need to leave because I don't want to go crazy anymore. That's when the inspiration and the motivation will come for you to take that action and the courage will automatically follow. Mm. So I think the most important thing in any decision, when we feel like we're at crossroads, the most important thing is to be aware of the situation, accept the situation, and then take an aligned action that feels good to you. And having a vision, I think that's really important of what my life could look like if I were to leave this relationship. And then once you have a vision, once you can see further out, I could be independent. I could be away from this craziness. I can get my self-esteem back. I can become the woman that I can be. I can breathe freely. I don't have to keep looking back constantly to see who's coming after me or what's going to be happening next or something. Not having to walk on eggshells and living in your own world with peace and love and harmony. I think that's that's the best gift you can give yourself. So to any woman who's still debating, my thing is come from your heart. Know that your body has a deep wisdom within you. So always look inside you first. And I think that's what empowerment is all about. You have the power. God's given us the power. Uh, we just have to dig through sometimes deeper than we would like to really harness that power. And once we have that feminine power, that energy, to move us forward, we that life force, we just move forward and we never look back. It's like it just keeps propelling us to move forward. Now, the past is behind and let's just deal with our present today and then tomorrow will take care of itself. But then it's also a beautiful way of looking at it because it's getting you towards your end result, which is to be free, which is to be happy, which is to really recognize and embrace that we are all born whole and complete in, in God's eyes. In our essence, we are innocent and we need to go back to ourselves of finding that feeling of love and more importantly, self-love. Because when we love ourselves, we can not tolerate things where people putting us down or people disrespecting us. Our boundaries become more stronger. We are mm. willing to say no and stand in our truth. That's wonderful. I agree with that. But I, the question here is, 
once you've walked away from the abusive relationship, you know, a lot of people have shame, guilt attached to it, anger and attached to the, what's happened to them. How do we change that? How do we change our anger into fuel for, you know, becoming more stronger, for empowerment, to looking forward to going and getting our goals? How can we change all those negative emotions and use them as a fuel for our empowerment? That's the question. Yeah, I think the most important thing I would let, usually women, I think women have been programmed for years and years to not show anger, to hide their anger, even when they're feeling angry, to keep quiet and say, yes, thank you or whatever. And yes, deep you, down women should not be angry. Anger. Yes, so women should. Women are right? not allowed to be angry. Yes, of course. That's so we always, So yeah. So we always repress our anger, and we don't say it. And so when we don't say it, we allow stuff to happen to us that doesn't agree with us. So when you are thinking of becoming, when the anger comes up, I would say don't repress your anger anymore. Uh, take it out in more productive ways. Uh, talk to someone, journal, write down where's the anger coming from? What is the source of the anger? Is it coming from your lack of ability to take action? Is it because you recognize that you are being totally mistreated and you no longer want to be mistreated or a combination of all? And if it gets too much, it, it is, I have to let everybody know, it is very, very okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shame and the guilt keeps us hidden. It keeps us even more isolated. And the abusive partner knows that. So they keep us even more isolated. So the abuse will automatically escalate as time goes on. And the more you tolerate, the more little by little it goes on until one day you wake up and it's like, what the heck, where am I? It looks like a scary dream. So if you can't handle it on your own, seek out professional help. Go get some uh, therapy, ask um, to find out, to work with a coach on how you can deal with your issues, how you can move forward, uh, things like that. Journaling is a very good way of getting rid of your anger because it, it it allows you to put your feelings on paper. And when you take your feelings and put it on paper, it actually makes you feel like you're able to express your emotions in a way that you can actually see what's been bothering you inside and you're able to name it and claim it. Um, so I think anger is good because once you've accepted the anger, you can move forward with it. Yeah, and then yeah. that anger gives you a purpose and you can move beyond and then you can decide what is in your best interest. And then you can change that anger into positive by making it into a passion or a mission to mm. move forward into whatever you want to do. So for me, for instance, my anger was at my ex-husband, my whole life, like I felt like it was all wasted and, you know, he did this, he did that. And then I said, all this, him, him, him has to change towards me too, my doing too, that I had the choice to keep staying. So how can I make it different? I have to step out of this relationship. Well, how can I make my life better? The way I can make my life better and for my kids is taking aligned action in terms of what is it that I need? I need to pay attention to my finances. I need to pay attention to what is important to me. I want to educate women that it's okay that if you've been knocked down, you can always get up. And, and, And when you get up, you can still finish the race and it's the last lap that you run is the hardest. But when you finish the race, you finish the race. You can start fresh. You can start with a blank slate and you can create a brand new life for yourself. Create and take beautiful colors and repaint your life and make it more beautiful than what it was in the past. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies 
and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. I think this is this is quite important that we we don't suppress our emotions. I, I talk about this in the you know in the mastermind quite a lot. Never ever ever suppress emotions, and anger is a very useful emotion. It's something that we, especially in, as South Asian women, we are told we are not allowed to be angry. We should not be angry. Anger is the domain for men. If a woman gets angry, if she's aggressive, then she's bad. I know how often I've heard this, in and I and I have yet to accept this about myself. I have, um, you know, I have strong emotions. I do get angry, and I get very because I'm a very passionate person. That's part of my personality. And at times, I talk to people and like, why are you screaming or why are you shouting? And I'm like, I'm not shouting. I'm actually not shouting. I'm just speaking quite loudly. I'm Punjabi, so I speak quite loudly. I'm like, I'm not shouting. You'll know when I'm shouting. <laughs> but anyway. But that's been used against me and it was uh, and I was manipulated about it. And then I, I think this is when you have to step back and accept that that's that, that if you, someone's doing wrong for you, you are going to get frustrated. You're, you are going to get angry and you're, you know, you're, your anger is going to come out. If you allow yourself to feel those emotions and the problem is a lot of these people um, feel emotions and then they don't you know, channel them somewhere. I'm going to give an example here. I've, I've shared this example before, but I know somebody uh, and I, you know, I won't give more detail than that. That this this one particular individual, she is obviously a woman from South Asia. This woman is beautiful beyond words. She's stunning. She's got light green eyes. She wears a hijab. She's absolutely drop dead gorgeous. She's got a master's from Pakistan. She's highly, highly, highly educated. And I think you know. And she's the, she. If you say anything to her, she will not reply back. She she won't say boo to a ghost. Like she just doesn't. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't talk back. She's she smiles all the time, and she's I've never ever 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 seen her get angry. Yet, uh, and everyone talks about how nice she is because she's never gets angry. She's always so sweet, and she's you know butter wouldn't melt her mouth because she is so she is that lovely. She really is. Yet in her um, mid to late thirties, she got cancer, and we all know cancer is suppression of emotions. So God knows how many emotions she suppressed. Um, to turn all of that anger in, inside, inwards. And that's why she's been so, so sick. And I still feel for her because she's such a beautiful inside and out person, yet she did not have a channel to express her emotions, hence it turned inwards. So we need to take our, so the way to empower ourselves with our life experiences is, yes, you need to acknowledge the fact that you've been wronged, that someone's abused you or someone has done wrong to you, but you take that experience and you channel it in a way that's healthy. One, if you need to get therapy, go and get therapy to be able to talk it through and understand and accept your anger. And secondly, find a healthy channel to be able to use it. So you can use it like you have and I have to make sure that we go and help and support other people so that they never are in abusive relationships or, or in abusive places. My my biggest aim in life is to make so much money to be able to have these, uh, these NGO, these centers 
that that can educate young women, especially from South Asia. So then there is no other woman, and and even and educated even um you know educate even so called educated women to say that they do not have to stay in abusive relationships and be able to break this taboo of divorce from the South some South Asian subcontinent, which is a probably big deal, but you know I'm gonna go for it. But especially um, young girls, they don't have to stay. Uh, or marry um, into, you know, for whatever reason, they, they can be empowered through education. My, so my life experience has powered me and has given me the motivation to go make change in, in that sector. And, and yours has allowed you to go and become a beacon of light for other women who are poor, possibly living until this day in these abusive relationships who are now stuck because they don't feel they've got a way out. Again, for the same reason we discussed on Friday, which was the shame and humiliation that we feel, you know, coming out. So this is one way to use empowerment. How else would you say we can use our life experience to empower ourselves? I think before we start that, I have just, while you were speaking, I kind of stopped, went back. I remember very distinctly, I was sitting in a sociology class and one of our professors, who's a white lady, Dr. Janet Chaffetz, actually, she said, it was like a feminine or women's feminine studies is what we were talking about. And she said that society, the patriarchal society in many ways, have tried to shut women up by telling them not to be angry, by telling them they have to be polite and good and, you know, not to speak up and stay within their grounds. And that conditioning has, is I think it's across the board. Mm. Even when I'm on Zoom calls, it's just not Southeast um, Asians, it's more prevalent there, but there are people from Africa, Australia, yeah. even UK, Canada, they're all feeling um, the same way that they are not being heard mm. the way they need to be heard. So that's mm. like, dismissing them Mm -hmm. so i think the most important thing that we can do is start young and i think one of one of the gentlemen was one time telling me he was a pakistani guy who was just having this general conversation he said you know the reason that most people would marry kids young girls to a much older man is so that the man can control the the younger girl they also don't allow want them to have education because when you give women education the whole world opens up to them. And so if you don't yeah. give them education, you keep them kind of dependent on the guy for a little bit. So really there is no other way of looking at it. It's like the older man can take the father figure. Yes, you're the wife, but you're also the father figure, so to speak. Mm. And they don't know any better. This and is then so- they have kids at a young age and their whole thing is work. Yeah, and, and then work in your fight. You have a you work in a box. Yeah. Raise your kids, raise your family, mm-hmm. don't ask any questions. That's your whole life. And there is yeah. a life beyond that. So I think our empowerment can be used in many different ways. We can live by our own experiences. But I think by sharing our experiences, other people can see. And I'm really hoping that men also can listen to our stories. Of course. And understand one person's actions or misaction, how it can completely change another person's uh, trajectory of life. How they can then go from point A to point B and didn't want any of that crap and now have to deal with the crap. But I think it's an education for men as well as women because there are a lot of men who are hurting too. Mm. And I think they just don't know how to express their anger too. And so they are kind of bringing it out in such Mm. weird ways Mm. that um, they don't know. And so who else to take it out on? Well, their spouse or their loved ones or their girlfriends or whatever. Mm. And that's how I think the the violence, the domestic violence has increased so much. I mean, almost every day on news, there's one lady who's been murdered or something or the other that's happening because people are losing their anger. But there's a healthy way to express anger. 
And the better I, way is for people to understand each other. I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I want to go back to the point about education young girls. And I, I, I want to bring this point up about my ex. So the, the second one, so Irfan, yeah. he actually said this to me very, very openly. And he said this multiple times during the latter years of our marriage, that if he ever, ever marries again, he will never marry an educated girl. Because the worst thing you can do to a woman is educate her. These are his words coming out of his mouth. And uh, obviously he wasn't very educated and I am. And he said, uh, the, the worst thing you can possibly do is educate a woman. So he would never marry an educated girl. And actually the one girl that he actually ended up marrying um, and divorcing her after for whatever reason was an 18 year old. And that's exactly the reason why, um, you know, when he married her at 18, he she was 18 and he was at that age, like this was in last year. So he was mm-hmm. 40, uh, 48. So he married a girl who was 30 years younger than him. Um, for whatever that's their reason whatever reasons mm-hmm. um but the thing is this idea is that if you marry a young girl i, I know of another example of a family you know where the when a woman was a uh, very beautiful woman from well-to-do family and she's she was married she was married at 16 um i mean she's not in abusive relationships and it, it was arranged marriage and it worked out you know there are many examples where this does work and so she's gone on but all she's ever known is her husband, who is, I think, good to 10 years older than her. And um, all she's ever known is children, um, husband, children, and uh, look after them. And that's it. She's no, she wasn't obviously educated. She got married at 16. And she has no idea of, you know, outside life, outside of her marriage, outside of her husband for this very reason. So you're, what you said is right. This is why I'm I'm on this mission to make sure these girls, when they do get married, they may, they're married because they want to, not because they're, supposed to because now they're coming at 16 17 they have to get married off to person and if they are marrying at 16 17 they generally are marrying a guy who's at least 10 years older than them so even the guys in his mid-20s is still 10 years senior and uh, and these girls are married off and then for that reason so that the man is able to control and manipulate that woman into thinking and doing and being the kind of way that he wants which is pleasing to him whatever that that may be and it's it this is what uh, I think is sad. But coming back to the anger point, we need to channel our angers, but also know that this anger can be fueled. I mean, I, I saw this in the example of, I'm not going to say the name of this individual, and he talks about getting angry all the time. And I, I don't agree with a lot of his ideology, actually, um, his mannerisms for starters. But the point he made was valid that once you're angry, you have the motivation to change. You have the motivation to move forward. So instead of looking at anger as a bad thing, see, look back in your life experience and see what you don't like about it. See where you don't, where you're not happy about it. See whatever could be someone abused you or you made the wrong choice, whatever. Take all your life experience in the past, which you don't like, take that um, dissatisfaction, the anger, the frustration, and package it up in a way to fuel now. So if you're, for example, if you've grown up, if you had the money, like you, you know, you had to, you know, all your money was controlled by your ex, you decide... I'm going to become financially independent. I'm going to go ahead and do this. Use it to change your today and shape your tomorrow and and be happy with yourself, no? Yeah. yeah. And I think one thing that you said, Gul, is very important. I think anger is one word, like one letter D away from danger. Yeah. So, so anger that is just all over the place can be very destructive. Very much so. But using, using channeled anger... Putting in a certain spot, like it has boundaries, it or confines, it goes a certain way. Then you have a focus, you have a goal of you're using this negative experience to towards making something more 
meaningful, more beautiful. So then that becomes channel anger. There's a reason and a rhyme to move in a certain direction because you are wanting to accomplish a certain goal. Mm. Whereas, you know, unchanneled anger is like all over the place that, you know, you look at me this way, I'm going to, you know, get mad at you or slap you or do this or do that, or you go against my will. I'm just going to just make sure you never do this again kind of a thing. So channeling your anger, like getting really in touch with yourself. And I think the most important thing is that we need to know who we are. And mm-hmm. when you said that the girls are being married at a younger age, I I think it's done by design because we are just young teenagers at that point. We are not even fully developed as women. So our ability to think for ourselves is cut off at a very early age. But women deep down have, in even children, but women also have very deep wisdom and intuition. So always trust your intuition. I always tell women now, go, if you are never sure about anything, the first thing you need to do is close your eyes and really go deep in your body and just ask your body, what am I feeling? What are you trying to tell me? What is, what is this emotion trying to tell me? And that emotion will speak to you mm. if you are in a silent, quiet place. And that emotion will say, I'm hungry, I'm, I'm angry or I'm hurting. I feel not respected. Use those messages that come, write it down in your journal so you know where mm-hmm. you are at any given moment. And then from that, you can see, and then you can also close your eyes and say, well, what do I want? What do I want to create? How would I feel in my body when I'm happy? I remember one time when I left one of my jobs, I wasn't happy. It was time to move on. I used to work in a hospital, having like the managers and all that, like the whole management had shifted and I just didn't like working in that work environment. So when I left, I remember... The minute I took my lab coat off, I'd worn in that hospital for like almost 14 years. The minute that lab coat went off my shoulder, I feel like like two, like literally one pound lab coat weighed like 50 pounds. I felt like I could breathe. I looked up to the sky and it's like, oh, this is freedom. It felt so good in the body. So always check with your body because your body will tell you whether something is wrong or it's keeping you in a path that you don't want to move forward. And then from that space, learn to make decisions. It's not always in our mind because our mind can trick us into rationalizing, into thinking things differently. But our body never lies and our wisdom and our spirit resides inside our body. Wonderful. And and once you honor your spirit, you can fly. That's important to know. 100%. So on that note, we're going to wrap up. Any final comments about um, how to use your life experience to empower yourself to move forward? I think what I could just say is um, the truth will set you free. Just be true to yourself. Listen to your body. Listen to your emotions. Emotions are there to guide us, not to hurt us. Mm. And be brave enough and willing to walk the path that nobody wants you to walk on. Even though it's a lonely path, if you've taken that path, you will see that the universe will work its way out. Like if you put one step in front of the other, your life will become exactly what you wanted it to be because you are the one who's sitting in the driver's seat not allowing somebody else to take over your life's journey 100 percent. what a wonderful way to end it so shamin tell us where can we buy your book and how can we connect with you on the internet yes so i have a website charminebaria.com um i need to start making some changes i need to put my new book uh, on the website so people can hopefully try to order it from there but the link to my book is bit.ly forward slash S Baria hyphen I am powerful. And if you go to that link, it takes you straight to Lulu Publishing and you can order the book over there. 
And I'm Wonderful. hoping that I can put this on my website as well. Wonderful. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, don't don't despair. We will have the links that Sharmin's just mentioned on our on the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we once again have the links to Sharmin. Go check her out. Her book is amazing. And um, she's one of the co-authors in there. And you'll be surprised at the inspiration that's waiting for you in there. Well, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest with us, Sharmin. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. And thank you for listening to me and Charmaine today. I will be back on another Money Talkies um, episode, talking to another individual, finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.